Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, this morning. And I'm really excited to welcome back on the program a little drum roll for the one and the only Andrew Dambina. Good morning to you, Anders. <laughs> Good morning to you, Noreen. It's nice to see you in the studio. Yes, it really is. Uh, I think I'm still pretty perky from the little uh, coffee drink that I had just now. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> it was buy one, get one free, wasn't it? It was. That's right. So what have you got for our listeners this morning? Is it coffee related? Uh, I don't think any of it is, actually, but it is very much a Tuesday report rather than an artsing one. Well, because I missed this week's Tuesday, I thought it would bring back Tuesday for this morning for our listeners. Yeah, just slightly later in the week. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'd like to let you and the listeners know, Noreen, in case this has passed anyone by, as my reports uh, usually on Tuesdays could either be uh, about arts or food and drink. I, and we had the series during the summer, which was on a li- different periods of art, which listeners, if I may say so, are still out there on uh, Noreen's brunch. Um, on the podcast and on the archives. Yeah, on yeah. All, all the archives. Um, so what that means, because we put so much emphasis on arts, there are a couple of things that happened, and this is one that I hadn't mentioned that happened in the early summer. That Hong Kong, our very own SAR, appeared in the top five of the 50 top pizza restaurants in Asia Pacific. Now, yeah, we came in at number five and it is a list that is done every year from Italy. Really, really serious judging going on by an Italian federation of restaurants that specialise not only in pizza, but that that do sell pizza. And so the judges are um, selected from Italy for that. Now, and also... That's very nice, Bella. (laughs) Very nice to hear. Yes. um, Sorry, that was my attempt for for an Italian uh, accent. Wow, that's amazing, because it's true. Pizza restaurants, pizza in general, is very popular here amongst the locals, well, amongst the population here in in Hong Kong. It It is really popular. I think some of the really top quality pizza restaurants have really taken root here in the last 10 years, let's say, with really fantastic bases, a bit like using sourdough, bases, really, really world-class standards. This is great going because it's Asia-Pacific. It's not just Asia. So, you know, sometimes we talk about the world's 50 best restaurants or bars who do an Asian edition of the best restaurants and bars, but but it's Asian. It's not Asia-Pacific. So some of the contenders here were also from Australia and New Zealand. Um, And the top five to make an entry like that is really quite something. Um, First place, though, I should say, went to Tokyo, and that was the city to beat because it came in Tokyo in this list. It came in first and second in the top five. That's really that's really something. And the restaurant that came in number one from uh, from from Tokyo was actually in a in a, in a top hotel. So it's um, I'll, I'll I'll just show you a picture as 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 we're speaking, which uh, which I think our listeners will be oh, able to yeah. see on your Facebook page. Uh, I know you always put it on your Facebook page. I certainly do. Yeah. Um, what are they holding? 
Well, it looks a bit like uh, a, a, ro- a roti bread being being flipped around in a Malaysian restaurant, but it is in fact the base. It's a d- yes. dough of a pizza. Okay, and and the other person's holding some giant giant tomatoes. Oh yeah, yeah. Now those I have to say are decorative, um, <laughs> even though Japan is known for some rather large fruits and veg that we can sometimes see in the gourmet supermarkets, priced at a few hundred dollars per item. Those are way Hong too Kong. big to be tomatoes. It's like bigger than than his head. It's bigger than My, a basketball. It's probably about four times the size of the smiling chef's head that's holding it. Have a look for yourself on Noreen Mir on RCHK Radio 3. That's the Facebook page. You'll see that picture there. That was the number one spot in the 2023 50 Top Pizza Asia Pacific Awards. And um, it... uh, it, it, yeah, it was um, called the Pizza Bar on 38th. We don't dwell on names too much, but I think it, they, they deserve a mention when they've come in first. In second place, um, it was a restaurant in Beijing. That's very interesting. So um, it was... Uh, um, a, a restaurant called Bottega and a lot of these restaurants do have uh, Italian chefs in there either to consult or to stay on after the opening period to make sure that a certain level of uh, quality is maintained. You know, one of the hardest things about Southeast Asia and here in Hong Kong is the humidity that we have and any professional baker or pizza maker will tell you that this is and what the... hairdresser. Oh yeah, de- de- definitely. <laughs> Plays havoc with with yeah. the hair. Yeah, that, I always find that's what I've got left of mine. Um, but the um, yeah, the top fifty pizza awards um, has a worldwide edition, and the fifteen that were voted in the Asian region went into um, the top. 100 the contenders for the world's top 100 which took place in september last month it's the ranking of uh, of restaurants all around the world there's an american edition as well uh, north american so it includes canada and uh, and and the us um and for the world edition that happened after the summer last month september the 13th it was unsurprising that Italy took the top three places out of five in the, in, the, in the 100 best. But guess what came in joint first place with an Italian pizza restaurant? Which country, non-European, do you think came in joint first place? Um, um, so it can't be Japan because Japan no. was already in the the other top five. A, an Asian country. Yeah, and the, in, no, it's not not Asian. Okay. Where else is really well known for pizza? Give me a pizza, man. Oh, America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I suppose so, because you've got the the New York stuff. Oh, the exactly. listeners like, guys, stop it with the yeah, accents. Yeah, yeah, of course. We've just been watching a lot of like bad TV. Well, actually, great TV, but with the accents. Yeah, because in New York, it's it's really um, uh, it's such an amazing pizza culture yeah. there as well. It, it is, and actually, some of the best pizza restaurants, some of my favourites in Hong Kong now, and I won't name them, but they do take their uh, recipes from uh, from New York. I remember having sort of the New York style pizza in Hong Kong yeah. the very first time, I think, when I was a teenager. Wow, this mm. goes back like 20 years ago. And I couldn't believe how big those pizza mm. pieces were. They were like size of like, I don't know, size of my head, basically. And I remember for a slice. For one slice. So that's equivalent of like one mini pizza. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking, wow, this is such a cool 
Imagine how big the hole one is. <laughs> I never even... Yeah. Did you think that as a kid? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I never even put right. the two and two together. As big as my parents. Sure yeah. king. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, and in, in joint... Sorry, in, in third place in the world rankings of 100 that came out last month, uh, third place was a country very well known for its food in Europe, but not for its pizza. Um, in Europe... Um, wow, what's it? What's Gourmet place? food. Um, French. Yeah. France came in in third place, which is... uh, is Do French uh, have uh, French-style pizza? No. Well, they're not not known for it, but um, but however, Italian judges voted them in at third in the world's 100 rankings, right, which happened as of a month ago. Wow. So there you go. Um, Others in the Asian awards, though, for 2023. Um, So we had uh, a restaurant here called Fiata, which is uh, in uh, Soho, and uh, we came in at number five. And um, in the top ten, the other the other winners included two restaurants in Bangkok, uh, one in Melbourne, and um, Manila in the Philippines. Uh, and then it, uh, I won't go I won't go through many more. But but Australia came in at number eleventh with a Sydney restaurant as well. Tokyo was in it a lot, I've got to say, when I look further down this list. Yeah, because in, in Japan, they've got a lot of Japanese-Italian fusions. Yeah. They, they, they really yeah. are. Like, um, maybe Mintaiko fish roe with uh, cream with cream cheese sauce, mm. with, with a cheese sauce with pasta. Yeah. Wasn't it? So they, they did do a lot of varieties. Yeah, they, they still do, yeah. Um, also, the list for Asia like some um, athletics competitions, is including the Middle East, I noticed. When I look through this list, there's Dubai, there's... Uh, well, is- that's Asia as well, isn't it? Yeah, Dubai, Israel, um, where else? Oh, it's just those two places, actually. But I thought it was interesting because, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think, in some uh, competitions or compilations, uh, yeah, Middle East is included. So there you go. That's what's been happening in the world of pizza. Uh, moving on to another topic. Um, in Singapore, a um, uh, sorry, in, in, and back to New York, we were talking about it for, for a different matter just before, but in New York, a Singaporean chef has been hired to consult a startup restaurant specialising in Hainan chicken, the, the base of it. And, you know, this is not a dish that's been well known in New York, but this particular restaurant or food stand in a New York food hall has been causing lunchtime queues where people just about or don't sometimes have time to queue there to take it back to their workplace in downtown New York. It's uh Well, I'm surprised it hasn't taken off in New York because it's such a yummy and simple Wow, and and as you've just showed me a picture of this Hainan chicken, it's just so simple. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big sort of like uh, not a huge, huge, huge meat eater, but the Hainan chicken is just very fresh and is so tasty with the right sort of condiments, a bit of soy sauce, a bit of chili mm. sauce, a bit of uh, well, obviously ginger and the spring onion. I, I notice in this particular recipe, there's a bit of fried shallot oh, yeah. going on. That that'd be a nice crunch next to the very you know sort of moist some. poached chicken. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a bit of choice some as well. Yeah, so um, what happened was that somebody, a chef, was brought in to consult for a start-up restaurant, which is now getting these queues going all around the place. The consultant was then meant to go back to Singapore, where there's been a three-generation of families with restaurants in Singapore cooking Hainan chicken. But they, for the one in New York, no sauces, none of the sauces which they use in Singapore, i.e., 
the thick sweet soy yeah. um, and also the uh, the, the chili. chili yeah neither of those two are served they decided for one reason or another to go for just a small pot of chicken soup um, that you can dip whatever you have in there to keep a purer flavour of the poached chicken that itself. Ain't, that ain't Hainan chicken without the sauce. Well, this is an interesting oh, oh, wait, point. Or, or how do people in Hainan actually Well, manage? I'd like to get onto this. Oh, okay. I, I was, I was, I was uh, oh, nicely segged, uh, Noreen, because I was thinking of doing the same. So, Mrs D, that's uh, my other half, actually was born in Hainan Island. And uh, I don't uh, want to dwell too much on my personal life, but um, but when we've been over there, either to see her relatives, uh, we we've investigated Hainan chicken. I mean, her and her family cook it here in Hong Kong, but it's never those sauces that we just mentioned. The the sweet, heavy, thick soy and the chili have nothing to do with Hainan chicken in Hainan. This was a Singaporean invention. If you think about it... That's very interesting. Yeah, oh, it, I suppose because chilli sauce is not really big in, yeah, in, in Chinese cuisine, is it? No, I mean... In, like, they, in like in, Cantonese, so, yeah, just with the gantang out hall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Paco, but it's not really yeah. with the, yeah. the food. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you might you might have a little bit of chilli oil or um, soy with some uh, chopped chilli yeah. in it to dip as an option. And some restaurants in Hainan have that. But basically, all they have... Is the um, is something which is a mixture of soy, oil, minced ginger, um, and uh, garlic. That's that. That's the dip. So it's a very it's a very dark soy colour. So it's not like the very oily um, uh, ginger and garlic mixture that you get with some. Uh, um, you know, like with Gai Fan here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the same as that the, at all. Because you've got a lot of soy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. So, um, so he, he the, but it's interesting. The uh, the chef um, at this stall in in New York in a place called Urban Space. It's a very hip uh, food court near Union Square area in New York City in Manhattan. And uh, he slices it beautifully. I showed Noreen, and you, the listener, can see it on uh, Noreen's Facebook page, that it is boneless. It's made to be ready to take, in, you know, take into a workplace desk uh, in a food court sort of way in an urban environment. And it is uh, cooked uh, from 5 a.m. in the morning until, um, until lunchtime. Um, and, I mean, it's um, not, not, not for one chicken, but they are individually cooked because the limited space in a food hall, he has to do them one at a time. 25 chickens are made. And what he did after he'd fulfilled the contract for, um, for this restaurant, because he was brought over, as I say, as a consultant chef to train other chefs to do it in the, to the same consistent quality, he then decided to apply to extend his working uh, ability or visa in America, and he has now, listen to the the cojones of this guy, he has opened his own place in another I food court. I knew it, I knew he would, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he saw how successful it was, what he had instilled yeah. in these chefs that were producing. And He'd be silly not to, even as I, I was listening to you, I was thinking, I want to open yeah, it, and I have no yeah, experience. Yeah. It made me think that my wife or her family should uh, yeah. should should take this to somewhere, some other part of the world exactly. that's not used to Highland chicken so much. Well, can, can, can she teach me and then I would and my shop would be called um, Chinese uh, no no uh, chicken cups chicken cups 
Yeah, or cup of chicken. <laughs> I don't know. Just like serving the rice and the chicken in mm. a cup, so it's just easy for people to like move the, around. The, the, the next yeah. kind of very easy to identify with, like like bubble tea, which yeah, is or, exactly. or something, yeah. which is yeah, yeah, cup of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have to work on the name a little bit, oh, maybe. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so it's um, I mean it's interesting around. Uh, so he's he's now started his own one, and he's charging. Two US dollars less per per portion. <laughs> so the place that the place that he was working at that he helped set up, twenty dollars for yeah. one portion. So that's, that's what about one hundred and sixty. Yeah, that's pretty for, steep. Yeah, I mean it looks it looks beautiful, but one hundred and sixty HKDs. Nah, man, you can pay about fifty six. Well, about about eighty well, half. Yeah, yeah about, these days things have gone yeah. up a bit, but yeah, easily yeah. you could expect a top quality one for half that price. Yeah. 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 yeah, less. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's an in- interesting little story there, and I wanted to mention something else that I came across, which has a Singapore connection because it's from the um, uh, from the Channel News Asia um, website. Uh, Channel News Asia uh, is a is a TV station, but they've also got a good daily sort of online newspaper, if you like. On Sunday just gone at the weekend, I saw a story by a reporter called Jackie Leung from the, uh, yeah, from the, uh, the Channel News Asia website who says he gave some feedback on what he thought that Hong Kong, which is a place that he's lived in before, needs to upgrade its, upgrade its night markets. We know that the Night Vibes campaign has been going on recently. And he reflected on it as someone who lives in Hong Kong, has worked in and lived in um, Hong Kong uh, for a while, but but then um, spent time in Singapore as well. And um, he has said that despite, he noticed, he came back recently before he wrote this article, that despite uh, the COVID-19 restrictions being lifted for months and daily life seeming to be, you know, kind of back to normal, um, what hasn't returned and, uh, you know, obviously we may know this already, is the buzzing nightlife or feeling of the sort of restaurant, not just bar trade, but restaurant trade as well. I mean, the outlying island where I live, it's kind of pitiful, I've got to say, looking at how empty these restaurants are. Um, and it's uh, a tough environment because they still have to pay the rent. Yeah. But it's, I mean, even after COVID restrictions have sort of ended... People are still not going out as much. I feel like no, yeah, no. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what has happened. Whether people have had I, to spend a lot we, during yeah. during the COVID uh, right. era, where people were sometimes um, laid off without being paid exactly. properly. I think yeah. because they're 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 not making as much as they used to, or maybe they they lost their jobs. So of course they can't really go out to buy food. Well, um, for, for, for meals. Yeah. Or so yeah. the que- the question that this writer was asking was how can the Hong Kong nighttime restaurant and bar scene make itself more attractive to both visitors, because the person writing was not no longer living here, mm. um, and it was his observations, and also for residents. And he was saying that what he remembers uh, going back some years was how vibrant some places like Temple Street, uh, with its outdoor Dai Pai Dongs, used yeah. to be. Um, and also... He talked about, I think in passing, he mentioned, and there's something that I saw really briefly when I first arrived in Hong Kong in 1992, and it was just before it closed, was something that was called the Poor Man's Nightclub. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's a weird name. Nightclub gives you totally the wrong impression because it was basically a lot of 
Daipai Dongs and Open Air. It was in Sheung Wan, pretty near to where the Macau Ferry, the Shuntak Centre is now. And at that time, I've, I've, I've oh, sent uh, Noreen wow. a, a photo of what it, of what it looks like uh, back in uh, the 80s, this photo is from, where people would is be... Is that you, Anders? Uh, oh, I, no. wasn't, I, I wasn't here then, Noreen. <laughs> but, but it's... Uh, were you even born? But it's... Uh, but no, I wasn't... I was I, born, of yeah, course. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't... I wasn't uh, see here that then. baby in the corner? That's me. <laughs> oh, right, I see. Um, yeah. But uh, we have that in Yamate as well, um, the, by Temple Street. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but it's but but a lot of those places have closed. There used to be a lot uh, yeah, more in the nineties. Yeah, there I were, been there back were a lot in more. like seven or eight years. There have been a lot of stories uh, recently. Uh, not so much about any of the restaurant uh, or Dai Pai Dong places in Temple Street area, but more that the markets no longer stay open very late because the tourists that have come back aren't uh, from uh, across the border, aren't really that interested um, in going to. Temple, Temple Street for the market because although because there might most be some of the items, things are made in the mainland, well, so they see no, it. Not yeah. only that, but they would also yeah. have. It's quite common in various cities in China to exactly. have markets in the evening. There's nothing. This this would appeal more to someone from further away that doesn't see this. Sure. It's a very Asian thing. It is. So it's uh, that. So the the, the 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 writer was uh, sort of saying, you know, that that more um, that more points of interest or money put into the development of some of the uh, night markets, food, um, and uh, allowing licenses to be rekindled. I wonder if this will, will happen because, uh, you know, again, when I came here in the 90s, they, there was already talk of um, for, um, you know, for in the case of accidents and hygiene, that there were no longer renewals of uh, of both uh, food hawkers' licences and also for street stalls. And it was in 92 when I arrived at that poor man's nightclub, a.k.a. a Daipai Dong place in Sheung Wan, um, was, uh, was shut down and then things started going into the, uh, the sort of, um, you know, the the urban council uh, cooked food court areas, which is um, which is far less of a draw when you put something in a guidebook or an online version or whatever it is to go into a pink tiled, um, you know, sort of multi-story <laughs> building. Wet yeah, basically above a wet market. Yeah. I mean, look, there's nothing but wrong with that. But people love it. Yeah. yeah whenever yeah. I have friends visiting yeah. Hong Kong, they think, what's this wet market kind yeah. of place? And the food there is very good. But yeah, it, it, you have to get over that initial like stepping over a drain yeah. kind of like, you know. And a bit of an acrid smell in the air sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but an another thing, um, there was an article before the Night Vibes um, uh, events started happening where South China Morning Post did interview a few people about their thoughts. And an interesting one came from Alan Zeman, who mentioned it might be uh, an idea to have Michelin-starred chefs joining the open-air uh, events and um, and to have them in stores as well. I was thinking, to expand on that a little bit, how about having um, having more having one place that becomes licensed to do the the the, the Chimsa Choi Harbourfront? They've closed. They've moved a lot of those buses to Chimsa Choi East Terminus. It's less busy, although it's a magnet for tourists. Why not have food stands there that are controlled properly? You know, just do make them safe, and then. One or two or three could be from top restaurants in Hong Kong. You've got all of the stuff that represents local food. And then why not have a few that, that, are, that are known in def different food awards as a draw to those people who are going to use social media? And so it, it creates interest, talking points.
I think that is the way, Anders. Have you submitted your proposals? I don't know who you'd submit it to. But... I, I, I'm no cook. You mean as an organiser? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it's food for thought, Nori. It, 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 yeah, very well said. And maybe I can launch my business there. Cup of chicken. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be a testing grounds. Right. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for your time again this morning. And I look forward to the next chat. Bye for now. So do I. Bye.